All right, folks, welcome back to this podcast, One Man, One Tree on the Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. Uh, it's been like three weeks, but we're back. Big news, new sponsorships. We want to give a shout-out to our new sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. This new sponsor is by MB Financial Consultant, a.k.a. Marcus Best. I'm going to give you a little bio about him and li- link you to his website. Uh, Marcus Best was able to leverage his financial knowledge and resources to go over $100,000 in debt, credit cards, loans, student loans, to a credit score of nearly 800, all while establishing five businesses in addition to the multiple pieces of real estate with his financial independence no longer requiring him to trade his time for dollars as a W-2 employee as he spends his day now focused on serving his community. Marcus continues to challenge others to seek unknown and embrace the gifts of all struggles on one day, brighter lives and say. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is MB Financial Consultant. This is Marcus Best. If you need your taxes done, if you need any consulting on financial, how to get out of debt, this is my dear friend. He actually was my flower girl inside my wedding, or flower man, excuse me. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to link the bio inside the description, how to contact him. And if you type in O-M-O-T-A-H, a one man, one tree in a hill, you get a silver discount, a 10% discount, uh, and a free consultation. All right, that's good. So we got new sponsorship. A lot of things are changing this podcast as we go forward, as we pass 100 episodes. Before we start out, we want to shout out to my homie, Alora. Uh, happy birthday to her. I know we're like three weeks ahead, but these are all these events that I was writing down. Uh, as we were doing the reconstruction of the podcast, uh, uh, my friend Alora Bellinger, she's on the podcast as well. She had a birthday. Happy belated birthday to you, madam. Happy belated birthday to the homie Molly. Uh, congratulations to Major Select uh, Desiree Darling. Freak, man. Freaking a major. That's freaking amazing. Everything's going good. We actually want to shout out to my dog, Kareem Green. Kareem Green, he hasn't been on the podcast yet, but a friend of the podcast. Uh, he's in a new TV show called Flashbook, Flash Bush misdemeanors it started out as a web series now the show got picked up to showtime so now my dog's in a freaking recurring uh character actor inside a showtime series so that's amazing so yeah we'll get to the emails and explain what we've been so the last three weeks uh planning a wedding ladies and gentlemen it's one of the i'm not gonna say it's the hardest things inside my life but you know time consuming we're planning a wedding uh, we, we were redoing sponsorships and stuff like that. We got a lot of new people on the podcast and we're like, it's like, uh, it's like going to a pantry, right? You store all these episodes and then as they come out, we release the episodes. We got a lot of great guests coming up after a hundred episodes. Our last hundred episode, when it comes out, it's going to be like, uh, you know how when you watch movies and everyone shows like a clip of like the seasons, that's what we're going to do. Like a season of everybody guests and we'll do that for the hundred episode that'll be coming out. Friday, uh, so the wedding, wedding was good, uh, I got married, jumped the broom, aka, uh, jumped the lasso, which is really good, and we went to having, we postponed the wedding, if you didn't know, I think we talked about this earlier in like episode 7 or 8, or 10, or 10, we postponed the wedding, cause the pandemic hit, if you don't know, if you're not aware, if you're not from this planet, uh, New York, and actually not even New York, the whole world was hit by COVID-19. COVID-19, rest in peace to everyone who died and passed away. Uh, oh, yeah, Mr. Papa Stan, episode, I think it was episode 15, Papa Stan, Stephen's father, he passed away through, uh, that was the first person I knew that passed away through COVID, Stan. And I met Stan when I was 2006, when I was a, a college freshman. I met his son. We've been freaking friends ever since then. And he passed away last year due to COVID. Actually, a year from his day, he passed away through COVID. And that was rough. And then we postponed the wedding, right? 
So uh, postponed the wedding, and uh, as we were setting up for the wedding, if you don't know, uh, my old lady went down to, uh, we were having the wedding in Belize. She went to go set up for the wedding in Belize. She got quarantined down there, so she was there for six months. I've been here all alone for like seven months, and uh, honestly, best sleep I got in my life. <laughs> It's just we gotta we gotta you know, gotta we gotta a queen size bed's a lot more space you know what I mean when you wanna stretch out queen size or king I think this is queen so yeah so we finally did it so what happened was because of COVID protocols we had to cut everything we went from three hundred and fifteen guests to twelve twelve guests right and it was good it was a nice wedding uh, as I'm going so I left that April the wedding was four twenty three four twenty Four, not four twenty. That was the, the weed smoking day. Four nine eighteen. I was supposed to leave and get on the flight. And as I get to the flight, I stay up all morning till five a.m. Get to the airport, in New Jersey. They ask to go through my luggage. After they finish going through my luggage, they go, "All right, now you can go." As I go to the flight, you missed your flight. What? Missed my flight. So they say the next, the next flight will be the following day. But I'll get to that country, Belize. At five o'clock in the afternoon which i couldn't do that because i had to had stuff to do errands around at the wedding so what i did was i hit up united i said listen you platypuses i need a i need a flight to atlanta georgia what atlanta georgia send me to atlanta because i knew my baby sister she lives in atlanta and all my family happened to be in atlanta so i was i'll stay in atlanta with my family to not be stressed out being in new york because i went to newark airport and the freaking I live and I live in Harlem, so it's just like it's a trek to get all the way back there and then do this all over again at six o'clock in the morning. I was like, after that, switch my flight to Atlanta, bought a ticket from Atlanta to Dallas to Dallas to Belize, so I get there at like ten o'clock in the morning. Boom! So I stay with my sister in her wonderful home and uh, visit my my brother, his his wife Tam, and the little baby um, Amaya. She was gonna be our flower girl, but we we cut her. We'll get to that later. <laughs> and I just chilled there, chilled there, visit my uncle and stuff. It's just good being down south. I love being in the south. It's not as stressful up here. So then, boom, wake up in the morning, 5 a.m., catch the Uber, go to Atlanta, fly to Dallas. Dallas, nobody's on my flight at all. We get to Belize at 10 a.m. At 10 a.m., I'm supposed to meet uh, one of the lady's brothers at the airport. Uh, I don't see him, so I get this. I rented this 15-seater passenger van. So the only time I've that this is how crazy it is, because nobody knew how to drive a fifteen passenger van. I've drove it because when I worked at Disney World, maybe ten years, what twenty ten, nine years, eight years ago, eight years ago, we did this program where like it's like we it was like we're teaching school to these rich kids, like the Shaw of Iran. All these rich kids would come, and we would like you know pretty much take them around, uh, teach them lessons about like different aspects and we would drive these 15 seater passenger vans so i got really good at it whipping it whipping it spinning it around driving it around the parks and stuff like that then my i remember 2004 2004 when we left japan going to the netherlands we went back to north carolina to uh do this and we stayed in the summer and there's a church van and i would drive the church van around and this is when i didn't have a license but i'm in the you know the sticks of Trenton, North Carolina, so I convinced my grandmother to let me drive. And she goes, you got a license? I said, no, but my brother lets me drive all the time. (laughs) 
And she was so, as my grandma water, she was so, she wanted to make me feel not bored because she knew I was bored at that house because I was just, just me, her, and my grandfather. And this is, and there was no other people there. So, you know, you just trying to do anything. So I was driving the van around. And then I remember uh, my Uncle Jerry lives across the street. So he rounds across the street and goes, someone's trying to steal the church van. He goes, who's in that church van? He goes, you don't need to be in, this is God's property. You don't need to be driving God's property like that. This ain't, <laughs> this ain't, this, this. <laughs> so he fusses me out about that. So I convinced my grandma, I said, well, I'm going to drive your white Honda. She goes, okay. So I'm driving her Honda around. Clearly, I don't know. So I'm trying to drive. I try to hit the brake, but I hit the gas because I never had it. that much experience driving. I ran into a barn, and it's like a loud bow. Then my Uncle Jerry comes across the street again, and, what would you, would you drive? You shouldn't be driving, Mama. <laughs> so then, uh, I called my grandma Loretta, and I was like, "Hey, can you come pick me up?" She goes, "Where are you at?" I was, "I just got into some trouble, and it's not gonna be good for me. So if you could literally pick me up." And she picked me up, and took me back to Greenville, North Carolina. And she goes, "Look, I can't be hanging out with no teenager because I know you want to have fun." So she drives me to my cousin Richard's house at the time, Richard Coons, when he was playing football at East Carolina, and uh, stay with your cousin. And uh, luckily, she knows where she's. She was from Greenville, so before they all passed away, Richard's still living. And then uh, I stayed with him the whole, most of the whole summer. We're partying, hanging out with college kids. And I was like, all right, this is where I'm going to college. So all that experience, all that wildness led to this moment of Belize driving his 15-passenger van. So as I was delayed, right, as I was delayed, I delayed everything. So my old lady had to go get her nails done for the wedding, so she got these long diamond diamond colored nails and we had to pack in the van so we built i didn't build uh my brother-in-law built this arch this giant gold arch and we had to shove it in the van and put everything out there because this type of wedding was just like we were the decorators we were everything else right so we do that my family flies in that same day uh we go by see my family so everything's good. We go to this thing called Sunantinich, Sunantinich, where we go sightseeing. And my family is just Southern people. So they, my dad, I, I don't want to go. Y'all can go. I'll go out. And then next you know, y'all, hold up, hold up, y'all. I'm coming. Hold up. So we all do that family time. Uh, my brother's daughter, Amaya, she's there. She's scared of the F. She's scared of me, you know. So, and she can't walk. So since she couldn't walk, uh, my boy Marcus Best was coming in. And as he's flying in, this is how him, the engine fails where he is, and he has to emergency land in Mexico. So he gets there a day later. So we're out there putting things together. Um, and the day of the wedding are, what do you call it, the people who set up for the wedding, the wedding coordinator, whatever. It's just sometimes when people think it's a small wedding, you don't need a lot of space. But I'm like, look, all my family's from the south. We know how to get down. Move these tables back. So we move the tables back. And sometimes I feel like when you have a big wedding, it's easier to direct a mass of people than it is a small amount of people because it's easy to notice things that are missing when there's only 12 people there. Like I'm noticing things where people aren't supposed to be and everything else, and I had to take a step back. Like, All right, this is my wedding. Chill, Jared. So uh, it was amazing. My lady had this rose gold. I don't know. I don't know. It was cream. I don't know what color it was, but it was like a diamond sheer dress, and her veil was super long. I'm not going to lie, I tried to cry and go viral, but I couldn't do it. But I cried when I heard the vows. I'd let that tear drop like Denzel Washington and uh, Glory. <laughs> uh, we did that. We jumped the broom. 
and uh, we did it by this uh, river, like a river lake where you could see it. But when you did it by a river, you see just kids jumping into the water and stuff like that. It's like an active river. So it was good. And the best part was the uh, reception. Reception, we turned it up. Reception was good. The DJ was good. The hotel was gracious. They let us stay there till like, <laughs> they were supposed to, there was like a curfew and leaves everyone to be done at like 12. And it's like 11. Please turn the music off. I was like, turn that back, DJ. So we're playing that. We had unlimited, unlimited drinks. I don't drink at all, but everybody else is getting effed up. <clears throat> and oh, I forgot. So my boy Marcus Best, who actually runs the, who became a sponsor of the podcast, uh, his consultant agency. That's what he does. He consults and does everything else. I was like, dog, I need you to be my flower, my flower man. He goes, he thought I was joking. He goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. I was like, no, I'm dead serious. So we give him the basket, and he puts the, he has these glasses on, as in like uh, the famous dude, uh, Salt Bay. So he turns into Flower Bay. I posted that on Instagram. So it was that, and it was just like a night of just, just love and happiness, man. So that was, that was amazing. We've been together, what, nine years, nine freaking years. Met at Disney World when we were doing our internships and uh, had highs and lows, but mostly highs. And uh, my brother said in uh, in his, uh, what do you call the thing, man? His uh, best man speech, he goes, uh, you've been around for three presidents, three presidents, three, we've been, you've been around for three presidents. And uh, we started dating when we were mad young. So now as we get older, you know, I feel like the right time is now. So, well, actually a year ago, or it should have been a year ago, but, so what we're going to do is we're going to have, like, a bigger, like, party, so everybody can come and uh, kick it with us and just have a big old party in the park, and we're going to rent, like, a hall or something like that, and so everyone can eat, drink, and just have a good time. That's our plan to do for, like, the celebration, because, you know, so many people wanted to come, you know, and it was a good wedding, but, like, uh, I want to, you know, I, I had, like, Ten grooms is my dog, Joe Sappho. I couldn't wait to see him again and everything else. So sometimes you focus on, you had to focus on the moment. Like, the only thing that matters right now is us, right now. But I can't wait for that big party when we have all, like, all the dogs, everything else. But shout out to everybody who wished me and said congratulations. Shout out to people who, uh, what do you call that, the, the red wedding registry? I didn't even know what that was. And people were like, just do one, Jared, please, we just want to do one. I was like, no, nah, I don't worry about it, we don't need nothing. And I was like, all right, so we did it. So now we're just putting registry. All these boxes are coming to our house and stuff like that. So like, every day we're establishing stuff like that. So it's been a really good, a really good dope. It's just dope, man. It's just dope to be with somebody who truly, you know, loves and appreciates you and stuff like that, you know. And when you find somebody, you know, you know, when you find someone or when someone finds you, you know, everything in life starts out to be better, right? So... I get back, I get back all the emails, that, that's good, everything else, uh, House Comedy in New York City, so now we're going to read all the the uh, emails. Comedy in New York City is good. So, what's happening in New York City is, like, fast forward to my life, right, this pandemic, as I said, this pandemic froze everything, right? Now, before the pandemic, New York comedy scene is one of the biggest comedy scenes in the world, it is the biggest, right? It's all these boroughs. And every scene has a, every borough has a different scene. There's Queens, there's Manhattan, there's Brooklyn, there's Staten Island, there's Long Island people, everything else. So it's hard to rise up in the scene because 
There's a lot of people. Everyone's focused on themselves. Then you got dudes with credits. You got the people without credits. Then you got people who've been doing it for 30 years. You got people doing it for 40 years that are all running around the city, right? So what happened during the pandemic is everything froze. For the first time in a long time, everything froze, and there's only 10 shows. And then in them 10 shows, I got one of them. My other friend has another one. And like maybe 40% of the shows, I know the people who have the shows. So everyone has a chance to visit and see who's funny. And if you're funny, it's easy to stand out because the scene has shrunk, right? All the comedy shows have become to be outside, even when the wintertime. A lot of comics left, but I stayed because I said, you know what? I know this is the moment to seize the moment, right? Seize the moment, all of a sudden, these big-name comedians that I know now on a first-name basis are cool. Now they know I'm not just this kid hanging out. It's like, oh, wow, this guy's uh, he, he came out here to shake some trees. Become a, become a tree shaker, shaker. That's what they say in uh, the swamp. So New York City now has 60% of the city has been vaccinated. And uh, as these women come out uh, for Governor Cuomo, instead of him resigning, he's like, you know what? F it. Let's let the city open so everyone can forget about these allegations. So every other woman came out. He opens up the city, opens up comedy clubs. He opens up strip clubs. He opens everything else. And I said if there was a black woman that came up, he would have opened up dang near the whole state. But, uh... He opens up everything, and uh, now the city closes at 12 a.m., which is good because I like having a curfew because now it's my excuse to go home and rest for work. But now it's closed at 12 a.m., so now the clubs are back to being open, right? Broadway Comedy Club, Greenwich Club, I auditioned for them. They passed me, so now I got that. I auditioned at this other club called The Stand. Went really well. Boom. So now I got all these spots indoors. I got all these spots outdoors. And now some of my peers who have, you know, they hid for health reasons, not hide, but they went inside for health reasons, just like, yo, I've seen your name everywhere. Like, we always knew that you were the one, da 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 I was like, yeah, cool, thank God. And my thing is sometimes in life, I'm very religious, right? I'm very religious. Sometimes I feel like God has a way of talking to me specifically and letting me know that, like, everyone has a story, right? Everyone can say, like, you know, Chris Rock can say, like, Eddie Murphy found me at the comic strip, and boom, 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 boom. Like, sometimes I feel like God is using me to be all like, I'm going to make it so that anything that happens is all because of me, right? No one can say I put Jared on because it all happened because there was a pandemic. God put an opportunity for me to do certain things like that, so now I'm starting to see the benefits of my labor. And sometimes it, it Fs with you because as people see you rising in the scene, as you rise and grow, Sometimes your peers or sometimes people ask you questions just like, dang, you just hit overnight. I'm like, you didn't see the four years of me in New York City at an open mic at 2 o'clock in the morning when nobody's there at three people trying to do it. You didn't see me getting bounced out. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't see me, like, the the hard work being labor, like, almost breaking down. I never broke down in the city. I was close to breaking down. As I was about to break down, something happened. Like, all these moments happened inside inside your life, you know, I think sometimes, wherever you're working at, wherever you're working, sometimes you contemplate, am I doing the right thing, am I, is this really what I'm supposed to do, and now I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor, where it's the point, like, hey, like, I'm like I'm at this club the other night, I was like, hi, how are you, it's a pleasure meeting you, she goes, what's your name, I was like, my name is Jared Waters, oh my, you're Jared Waters, I've heard so much about you, I was like, hopefully good things, she said, yeah, all good things, well, it's a pleasure meeting you in real life, and it's, not just me, like the people I grew up. There's another guy named Jared Schwartz who was a young stand-up comedian. So now he's in the city. He has 
four shows out. Now his name is being out there. And we talked about this during the pandemic. It was like, dude, we got to rise up. This is the perfect time to seize the moment and start boots to the ground everything else. And uh, now he's a player in the scene, which is dope. And I remember I remember him being like, I think I was 20, he's 24 now, 24, 25, four years ago. He's like 21. Hey, can I hang out? I was like, yeah. I said, like, I don't care. He goes, can I go here? I was like, yeah, come on, why not? He's like, I, don't, I was like, dude, you're a comic, man. I don't, I've never been into that fact of just making somebody feel like they don't belong. Because I had that happen to me before, right? I'm from a place where, I'm from multiple places where you bounce around a lot. And it's easy to make friends and everything else. But I'll never let anybody make me feel like I don't belong, right? And sometimes when you go to comedy clubs, they make you feel like you don't belong. Hey, can you get out of the way? Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And, you know, they act like it's not. So now, when I go to places, like, oh, Jared, right? Yeah, that's me. Oh, Jer- oh, Jer- hey, hey, hey. I was like, yeah, it's all good now. Now it's like God has put away, just like, like elevated me a little bit to make me see, like, all right, this is what I'm showing you, so now you can do it, right? And then, right? So that's good. So I've been having, like, maybe, like, three shows a night, which is good, almost up to pre-dempt, pre pan pre-pandemic you know now a week i'm probably getting like 20 20 21 shows a week which is which is good pretty much almost there uh last year well now i'm at 180 shows right now i've done 180 shows thus far being inside new york city and last year last year i ended with the pandemic and ended with 229 shows like 240, two, well, I had, sometimes I add the Zoom, 240. So my goal this year is to do 500 shows, 500 shows, wherever it is, 500 shows, right? My goal is to just keep collecting, keep getting better. And being outside and being outdoors has made me such a better comedian because now you know how to project your voice, you know how to walk around the stage, you know how to do everything else. And it's crazy how four years ago when I got to the city, I thought I knew everything. I was like, I came from Florida, I knew I... I was headlining down there, you know, I, I, got, I got the juice, I got bars, I got everything else, and now getting here, I was like, I've hit another level of comedy I never knew existed until I got here, and got around better comedians, and know, like, you need to hit that joke faster, oh, you should do it like this, and then, oh, I realized, like, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a clean comedian, I don't curse at all, because I don't curse in my daily life, so people are very wondering, like, why you don't curse, why do you don't drink, like, what do you, what demons do you have, I was like, no, nah, I just don't do none of this, man, I like being present at all time so 240 is what i ended my show in 2020 in 2021 i'm up to i'm up to 100 and 170 shows which is good so i'm almost boom so my goal is to get 500 500 shows is my my goal so i uh i'm talking to this big comedian last night last night he's telling me about because it's one thing to get inside the room it's another thing to have something to offer when you get inside the room. Like I was talking to my dog, Scott Monahan. Scott Monahan's working on something special. And sometimes, like, comedy just gets you through the door, right? Just gets you to the door. Then after that, what do you want to do when you get there? Do you want to be a writer on a TV show, right? Do you want to support everything else? Or do you want to create on your own, you know? And there's no formula for this. The formula that someone gives you, that means you're following someone else's formula. This is all from my dog, uh, PDD Abreu. Uh, that was the the comic that we're speaking to, and he's giving me some gems, and I'm always a sponge listening. You know, <laughs> he talked to me last night. He goes, "Are you about to jump the turnstile?" 
I said, yeah, it gives me an edge. He goes, man, you can't get arrested like that. You can't be jumping turnstiles. I think it's like an edge that I do. I could pay for it, but sometimes it's like I got to jump, you know? So July 1st is when New York City completely opens. It's when everything opens. The trains will be back 24 hours. The city will be completely open completely. So comedy's going to go on a, a larger boom, right? So a lot of the L.A. comics have came here. Like Jamar Neighbor is a guy who was on a— uh, he's on our podcast as well. He's in the city now. This guy named Jack Knight. All these comics from L.A. And I've noticed something from L.A. comics. These are only the ones I know. I understand that they're rich. They're very rich. But you can tell their humor is rich humor because they're talking. Like, like I feel like when I'm performing, I'm always proving myself to be all like, let me not be as offensive. I'm trying to be like this. I'm not going to try out new material unless I'm at some other place. But they're like doing new material. They're just figuring things out. And I was like, oh, you boys are rich because y'all don't give an F. So like the freedom of just like trying things out or being like I'm learning a lot from that, you know, seeing that freedom. So I think uh, in July, New York City is about to be a freaking, it's about to be wild, man. People are about to go crazy. Uh, people are vaccinated, so it's gonna be it's just gonna be a wild time. It's gonna be a good time for comedy, and uh, our show, which is training day every Wednesday at seven seven o'clock. Thank you to everyone who come out. Everyone's been hitting me up like the show. Hey, I just listened to the podcast. I came to the show, which is dope. Um, we've been doing it in the winter time, so it'd be like ten people, fifteen people, and now we got a hundred. 14 people at this park every Wednesday. We only cancel when it rains, but in the summer when it's hot, we're not going to cancel in the rain. Uh, we got tamales f- for sale. Uh, we, we just, it's, it's turning to it. Everything's going great, man. It's going good. So uh, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast and you have nothing to do on Wednesdays, we're in a story park on 19th and 24th Avenue. Uh, we only have one hater. Uh, I forgot what her name was. She emailed us and asked us to please leave the park. It's a really big park. But uh, it'll be something. All right. Um, Dogecoin. Actually, I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I was effing around with Dogecoin last week. I'm not a crypto cryptologist or cryptomania. Last time I know about crypto, I know about Krypton from where Superman's from. But uh, I invested. I made like four four hundred. I think. I think. But I don't. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. You gotta hit up. I'm gonna. We'll drop uh, some. Uh, I'll drop a link to someone who's really good at uh. Uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, I just do it. My baby sister tells me, she's like, hey, you should get these stocks here. I was like, all right, let's get these stocks. Let's freaking do it. And this will be the last one. This will be the last one. I encourage everyone to write, watch Michael Che's new TV show. It's called uh, that 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 uh, that dang uh, Michael Che show. And it's very unique. Very unique. It's like a series yet a sketch show. Like, he's narrating, and then it, multiple sketches. Very funny show. The writing was dope. A lot of great black black shows happening and stuff like that. We're going to do the list of black shows that you can support, ladies and gentlemen. Black Lady Sketch Show, HBO, that dang uh, Michael Che Show, Paul's with Sam J, Z-Way, Flatbush Misdemeanors. That's what my dog, dog Kareem Green's in. The Sherman Showcase, the Amber Ruffin Show, Doing the Most with Phoebe Robinson, I May Destroy You, 20s, Run the World, Dear White People, Blackish, Gronish, Jesus and Merrill's, Atlanta, Insecure, Rap Stuff, First Wives Club, Bigger, Boomerang, and Keenan. Those are the live black shows on TV. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's the podcast. Make sure you check out my dog, Marcus Best, financial consultant. And he can get your taxes done. You got about a week left if you want to get your taxes done. He did mine. Uh, always professional. We've been friends for dang near 
<laughs> Freak. 20 years. How, 20? No, 22 years. I met her when I was 10 years old. I'll tell the story before I get out of here. I met her when I was 10 years old. Uh, as you know, you know, as military brats, we all run around the world, right? We all run around the world. And you, you meet people passing, so you never know. So North Carolina, we'd always go back to North Carolina every time because my family lives there, my grandmother, everyone else, and we would visit our old neighborhood, and I will always go see Marcus Best. It didn't matter how many years I was gone. Uh, I came back one year, he was swollen. Came back one year, he taught me how to drive a car. And uh, we met when we were 10. He lived in my neighborhood. And uh, his dad just retired from the military. My dad was still in. And uh, I would go to his house, and we would just always play the PlayStation, that PlayStation 1, play Tekken and stuff like that. I remember he got beat up when we were in elementary school. He was pushing this girl on a tire swing. And he pushed her so high she hit her head. She hit, she hit the pole and it was like, boom. And I remember he tried to run away. And I was just seeing like 15 girls are just stomping this dude out. Boo, 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 boo. And he's crying. He's crying. He knocked his glasses off. And I was like, dude, why are you crying? Because I, oh, I was crying just so the teacher could see so they can get in trouble. I said, no, nah, I think you're crying because they stomped. They stomped. They stomped you out, dog. And we've been running since then. We went to college together. He was going to another college, and then I told him, I'm going to East Carolina. All of a sudden, he just switched. I don't know how you could do that. just switched and goes to East Carolina and goes in. Uh, we were never roommates, but we always spent the summers together, all the timeouts. If anything happens, he always let me know. Financial advice, everything else. I'm talking to my girl, everything else. I'm his, his kid's godfather. So that's Marcus Best, man. He's, he's just solid A1. He was so helpful during my wedding, man. He would... He rented a car, so he would drive, help drive people and stuff like that. And, oh, it's a story I forgot to tell. So during the wedding, right, I got these pants from Black Tux Rental. Black Tux Rental, really dope. He rented tuxedos. I should have bought the tuxedo because I freaking need a tuxedo. But, so I'm sitting there saying that with the tuxedo. I was like, yeah, man, my thighs are, like, really big. Like, I squat all the time, and, you know, I'm, I'm walking in New York City. And the lady goes, no, no, these are European fit. They're supposed to feel this way. I said, like, I feel like I can pop these. She goes, no, these are your, I was like, I was like it's a Caribbean wedding, so I'm going to be dancing a lot. She goes, you, you should be good. It's supposed to be like that. I'm like, all right. And as we're taking pictures for the wedding, I'm picking her up, and I split my pants from the top of the crack of my booty all the way down to the leg. So literally, as I'm walking, I was like, man, it's breezy in here. Pop my pants completely. And Marcus goes, so I, I was like, dang, I popped my pants. And Marcus goes, yeah, you same size as me. Here, take my pants. He takes off his pants. <laughs> he takes off his pants. And he puts on some black shorts, some black shorts, and his socks is rolled all the way up to his kneecap. He's in the military, but we always do that. So literally took his pants off, gave it to me, and that's how we've been rocking, man. Pants off. <laughs> we've been rocking like that. But I always wanted to uh, introduce him to my friends from Yakota, from my friends from the Netherlands, from my friends from college, and blend it all together because, you know, all, all these people are just A1 people. So definitely, if you need some financial advice, uh, investing, uh, how to get out of debt, he was in tons of debt. Now he has a couple houses everything else. I'm so proud of what he's become and what he does. Um, and we're going to get him on the podcast, too. We try to get him on the podcast. We just didn't have enough time. And I'm just going to go down there to North Carolina, and we're going to sit for four hours. And rock this podcast out. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Uh, this is Tuesday. This is this is uh, a Tuesday. I know we were gone for a few weeks, but now we're back. Uh, this is Tuesday, uh, May 11th. We'll be dropping episode 100 Friday. Episode 100. We'll be doing like a, like a best of 
podcast and talk about where all these people are right now. And then after that, we'll be moving on. And I'll be at the end of the podcast. I'll give you my guest list and my wish list of people that I want on the podcast and I want to get. And that's how we're going to do it. So this is episode 99, episode 100 come out Friday. And then one-on-one, we'll start again on Sunday. And we'll start doing the Woody's Roundup Tuesdays. Boom, bam, bam, bam. We back and rolling. So ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jared Waters. This is the podcast One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful night wherever you are in this world. Please love somebody. And if you love somebody, please hug somebody and spread love while you can. This pandemic has taught us that nothing in life is promised but death. But what can be promised is today, and today is the only day that you have, so make sure you love somebody. Uh, stand up for the people that are marginally in injustice. Make sure you stand up and make sure you say something. And if you're looking for a great podcast, share this podcast to your friend. It's a time capsule of who we are as people. All right. Suck it easy. Hey, you're live on the podcast. One man, one tree in a hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle. Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.